This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. It was a crazy game that somehow came down to the final shot, and Tobias Harris sure did deliver. Harris drives on Crusoe, hangs, fires, shoots, and makes it with 2.4 to go. Inbound, it goes to Davis, and no good. And the Sixers beat the Lakers 107-106. Oh, yeah. It was just the latest example of his strong start to the season and continued emergence as a big weapon for the 76ers. I'm Lauren Rosen. I'm Devon Givens. I'm Brian Seltzer. We go all in on Tobias Harris and how the veteran's taking his game to a new level on this week's Friday Deep Dive on the 76ers Podcast Network. Lauren, Devon, we are back again. A weekly Friday Deep Dive for us. And listen, we have tremendous topic matter for this week. You had the best team in the East, the 76ers. Hosting the best team out of the West, best team in the league, the Los Angeles Lakers. Nationally televised game came down to the wire in your minds. Let's start with you, Lauren. Did the Sixers and Lakers live up to this early season hype on Wednesday night at the center? Yeah, Seltz. There was a lot of talk about whether or not we could make this game a barometer. People asked Doc. We heard Doris and Mike Breen talk about it on the broadcast. Can this game or can it not be a barometer? And I think in a lot of ways it could be. It was really fun both teams obviously made a good deal of, of mistakes and, and plays that they probably wish they could get back. But from wire to wire, it was fun. The play was elite. We got to see some really good offense, some really good defense. And then obviously it ended in a wonderful way for the 76ers. But should these teams meet again down the road, how would things change? How would things be different? It was really exciting to watch. And I do think that at least a little bit, this was a good barometer to show that the Sixers can really hang with the best in the league. I agree with you, Lauren. And uh, Seltz, listen, uh, last last night, oh, pardon me, on Wednesday night, I was super excited for this game because we've had other games on the schedule dating back to the Brooklyn game where Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving were out. James Harden was not yet a member of the team. The two Boston games where you had, of course, Kemba Walker returning, Jalen Brown playing at a very, very high level, but no Jason Tatum. I wanted to see the 76ers go up against the best. 
And last on Wednesday night, that was the first time that we really got to see them in that test, that very first test of the season in game number 19. And I understand it's only game number 19, but there are only 72 games this, this season for the campaign. And I thought that they passed the test on Wednesday night. I, I really did. Now, how do they follow it up? Tonight, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're going to row for three. Let's see what they do. But for what you're asking and for what we saw, on Wednesday night against the Lakers, that first real test, I was really happy how things played out at the very end. I didn't have this on my original list of questions, but one of you mentioned the B word, barometer. We could also use the M phrase, measuring stick. I wasn't going to ask about this, but I will. Doc Rivers had one stance on that. Listening to the broadcast on ESPN, Tobias Harris had a very different stance saying to Mike Breen and Doris Burke that the players and the team talked about this being a good early season test. How did you guys view it? Was it a barometer or was it not a barometer? 100%. 100%. There's no, there's no getting around it. Again, we have 10 games less this campaign because of the shortened season, and you have to look at certain things to make sure that you put yourself – if you are going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference – for the entirety of the first 20 games, if you will. And I understand COVID has hit different teams in different ways. It has also hit the 76ers. So with that being said, you take what you can get. And I already, I've already mentioned the Brooklyn and Boston games where they've had key players m missing. In this game on Wednesday night, everyone was available, everyone played, and everyone seemed to play at the, at the high level that they needed to. You had the stars on the Los Angeles side, and the star players, and I'm sure we'll get to all of that, on the 76ers side that really stepped up and played their game in this one. So I, I absolutely agree that this was a test early on in the season and a worthy test. I understand not wanting to put too much weight on a game this early. The Lakers are on a long road trip. The Sixers have had guys come just come back into the rotation. I, I get not wanting to put too much pressure on it, but I do think it was a barometer or a measuring stick, and it'll be really good for confidence. The way that Tobias phrased it post-game, he said, a lot of people say we haven't played anyone. Well, now nobody can say that this Sixers team hasn't played anyone. They played the champs. The champs gave them a run for it, and the Sixers still came out on top. So if for nothing else, they can kind of shake that whole, oh, oh, no strength of schedule, these guys haven't played anybody thing, and, and now keep it moving and build, build confidence based on this win. So, yeah, I think it was a measuring stick. I think like many things in this world, when it comes down to debate, it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. I agree with Doc Rivers that every game and every circumstance probably presents its own unique set of challenges and an opportunity for a team to grow. But it could also still be a barometer. Like, hey, part of the challenge for the Sixers against the Boston Celtics was Jason Tatum wasn't playing, but then Jalen Brown went off for a career-high point. So you got to put out that fire on a given night. So what if Jason Tatum didn't play? Jalen Brown was going out of his mind. Against the Lakers, they had their full roster, so did the 76ers, and that was just the next challenge on the schedule and I do agree with you guys the 76ers met and passed it and now have to be viewed as one of the top two or three teams I think in the league at this first quarter poll the other question about this game was based on how it finished did we really need for it to get there <laughs> the Sixers <laughs> went up by 16 points they were up 14 points with about five minutes to go Lakers go on a crazy run they go up by one but then had that not happened we would not have had the final dramatic 10 seconds shot clock is off 
with nine to play. Now Harris, Harris against Caruso. This is the problem with this guy right here. Harris drives on Caruso, pull up jumper, hangs, fires, shoots. Tobias for the lead. It's good, Tobias Harris sinks it. He's got it! And makes it with 2.4 to go. The Lakers don't have timeout. Caruso to Davis. Davis struggling, throws it up with the basket. AD on its way. Throws it up, and no good. And it's over. And that's the game. And the Sixers beat the Lakers 107. 106. Oh, a thrilling finish here in Philadelphia. Game-winning shot by Tobias Harris. He was the one guy other than Joel Embiid that you didn't want to see ISO. Tobias Harris puts in the game winner. Oh, yeah. And Tobias Harris, I'll be honest, I have high expectations for the guy. That was a pretty great way to cap that game. I am with you, Seltz. I agree. Maybe we didn't need to take it all the way down to the final couple of seconds when the Sixers were up 16, then they were up 14. But the way that Doc Rivers said it postgame is is that that's what champions do. And the Lakers are our most recent champions in this league. They come back into games. They fight. You should expect no less from a team led by LeBron James. But to see the Sixers seal the deal when it counted most – I think that spoke volumes. And like you said, they might not have had the opportunity to find themselves in a game winner type situation had the Lakers not come back. Would it have been better if they didn't have to deal with the last second shot situation? Yes, but they handled it really well. And and I agree that it was something special to walk away from what might have been a bit of a dicey fourth quarter. Let's go through the two key possessions. I thought a really nice play design by the Lakers to set up Anthony Davis for the cut to the basket for them to go in front. Going back down the opposite end of the floor, what did you expect to see from the Sixers? What did you expect to see Doc Rivers draw up? And then what did you make of how that final play on the sideline out of bounds unfolded? Well, the first play you're talking about with the Lakers and Anthony Davis, great play design there as well with the screen from Dennis Schroeder, allowing for Davis to be able to cut to the basket uh, and uh, get the get the hoop to give them the lead after coming back and making the run that they did. But on the other end, I had thought that Doc Rivers and the staff would put together something clearly for Joel Embiid. Uh, we we have seen him already where he has been able to carry the team in the final seconds and, and lead them to victory. And I thought that would be the same thing again, whether it was against Davis or Gasol, or even if LeBron James felt like he was up for the challenge. I liked the uh, I liked the counter of what it was. It looked like uh, a man was sagging off of one of the Sixers offensive players, which allowed uh, the double team to kind of cheat on to Joel Embiid to prevent anything from happening and prevent him from being the hero last night, which then prompted what we saw with Tobias Harris, a distinct size advantage over Alex Caruso, as tough as Caruso is, you know, height is what height is. And uh, Tobias Harris was able to get to his spot They allowed him to do the work that he needed to do, and he pulled up confidently at his spot and knocked down that jump shot. And it was pure. It was smooth. He was confident in it. He knew what he wanted to do, something that I'm sure he's worked on plenty. And I I like the counter, too. If if it was for Joel Embiid as the first option, and then you go to your next option, which will be Tobias Harris in this case, it worked out perfectly. I like what Doc Rivers and the staff came up with. Lauren, I knew you were in the post-game media Zoom. This was something that Doc Rivers talked about. He thought it was a good exercise in a clutch spot for his team to run through a set with multiple options. The first option, we set a pin down with Seth for Joel. Uh, We told him to give it a good look if it's not there. Uh, Threw it to Seth, Tobias slips into a pick and roll. They're switching everything. And whoever's on Tobias, uh, Tobias will be at the nail. 
Uh, it was great that we worked to set down to the last option. Kind of nice to see that uh, showed a little bit of composure. I think that's a good trust-building situation for players and coaches alike, especially when there's so much newness. Yeah, you definitely felt a sense of satisfaction listening to Doc Rivers and the players speak post-game about they drew up a set. Maybe they didn't go to the first option. Maybe they didn't even go to the second option. But the option they went to worked pretty perfectly. And I think that that's got to be just tremendously satisfying after a hard-fought night, a hard-fought season, not that many opportunities to practice. So to draw something up and then and then do it surgically, I think was really special. And you could tell that the guys and Doc were pretty relieved, maybe not necessarily relieved, but excited and satisfied that it worked out the way that it did. Dee, it's never a coach's job or a player's jobs to over-dramatize a situation. That's on our sure. end. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Symbolically... How important do you think that game-winning shot was for Tobias Harris? Because we're not talking about just a game-winner, which he has had some of in his career, but this was on national TV. This was the 76ers against the best team in the league, the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending champions. How important do you think it was perception-wise, perhaps even on the outside, for Tobias to be in that moment and step up and deliver? Huge. Uh, after what we saw, since you bring up nationally televised game for what everything was when everybody gathered back together in the summer in the Orlando bubble, I think everyone saw what happened in the postseason with Ben Simmons down, Joel Embiid playing very well against the Celtics, but not enough to carry. And you expecting someone else to elevate their game. And the ideal choice at that time was Tobias Harris. He's mentioned it. Everyone has mentioned it, how it didn't go as planned uh, for the team and for him as an individual. And for him to come back, bounce back, get his former coach in here where he had some great success in Los Angeles, putting up some phenomenal numbers at the time that the trade was executed for him to come to Philadelphia and be that other piece that Elton Brand had thought he would be. And now looking at him in the spot where he's still averaging the same type of numbers, the almost flirting with the 50-40-90 club. And then as the game was just going and Embiid was with his 28 and Simmons with his triple-double, Tobias Harris is just steady, steady, steady along and continue to build up his numbers, finishing at one point, finishing with the 24 in the game winning shot. For him to do that on the national television stage, for us to see it, for everyone else in the basketball world to see it, for his teammates to see it, I thought that was huge for his teammates and for him. And maybe that will allow him to kind of take that little bit of a deep breath and just sigh and say, okay. Now we can just play basketball. And he has been doing that, but that is something that will definitely stand out. Oftentimes, I'll speak to you, Seltz, and Lauren, and we discuss the impact of their numbers, the impact of their play when they play in these games. And sometimes, honestly, I've been looking for where is that Tobias Harris moment? I think we got the Tobias Harris moment on Wednesday night with that game win. I agree. I think this is now something where if you're like, hey, recall Joel Embiid's best game as a Sixer. Devon, you and I and Lauren, we've talked about this. Is it the Lakers game in 2017 or the Boston game in 2019 or maybe this recent Miami game? If you say, what's Ben Simmons' best game? You think Brooklyn on the road last season. Now you can recall when someone says, what is Tobias Harris's signature game or moment as a 76er? I think Tobias Harris has that now. We'll continue our deep dive on Tobias Harris in just a moment. I want to take a quick second to remind you of our programming slate here on the 76ers Podcast Network main feed. Every Monday, it's Mailbag Monday with myself and Lauren Rosen. We take your questions on social or on the pod line. 
which is 215-403-PODS, 215-403-7637. It's simple. We read your prompts or submissions. You're in the running for some free swag. Every other Tuesday, it's Coat Check with Matt Murphy, the official podcast of the Delaware Bluecoats, the 76ers G League affiliate. Every other Thursday, it is Tom's Talks with the one and only radio voice of the 76ers, the incomparable Tom McGinnis. And then on Fridays, it's our weekly deep dive with the man, Devon Gibbons. We also have a brand new show on a brand new feed. It's called The Scoop. It's essentially a daily five-minute 76ers update that comes to you first thing every morning. All you got to do is search 76ers Scoop wherever you get your pods to subscribe or follow along. You know, Lauren, one of the things that I thought was fantastic in the aftermath of Wednesday's win, Tobias's activity on social media. He seems to be totally in on it. He was the victorious troll on social media after the game, the, the good-hearted, good-natured <laughs> troll on social media afterwards. I think he knows exactly what everyone says, which in some ways is making this all that more of a great story. I have no problem with people being fueled by haters, doubters, criticizers, whatever. If that gets you up, like, go for it. And I think Tobias is is not ashamed to say, look, like, I trust myself. We already know this man is the CEO of betting on himself, and he's done a great job of that over the last few years. Now people are finally coming on board, and he's happy to say, it's okay that you were wrong. It's okay that you were wrong about me. This is what I'm here to do. And I'm going to keep doing it. Something I wanted to add when you guys were talking about the, the importance of the narrative and, and how media can blow these things out. No better time to have a game winner on national television than the night before all-star voting opens up. And Tobias Harris has gotten close to being an all-star a few times in his career. He's put up great numbers. Sometimes he was putting up great numbers in the West when maybe it was a little more challenging to become an all-star. Last year, we think he might have gotten close. This year, he probably has made his best case to ever be an all-star at the best time to do it. And it was cool to hear him after the game say, you know what, look, like, I'm not usually going to toot my own horn. I'm not usually going to come out and campaign for things like different awards. This time he's willing to do it because he knows he belongs among those all-stars in this league. So I thought that was cool to hear him say, you know what? Yes, I do think I deserve to be an all-star. And if you need any more evidence or you need to look at my body of work, feel free to roll the tape from what happened 10 minutes ago. I loved that for him. It was awesome. This was the next question, literally on my sheet. Is Tobias Harris an all-star? Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go with yes. And look, We know it's hard. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons are young, now probably perennial all-stars. They're going to be all-stars throughout their careers more, right? Tobias is a little older. He's been around for a little bit longer. It's taken him a little bit longer to get into the all-star conversation. It's hard to have three all-stars on the same team. You don't see it happen all that often. But 76ers are leading the East. That was the first thing Joel Embiid said when I asked him about it last night. He said, we're leading the East, and it's because of the three of us. So why wouldn't the three of us be included in the conversation? I think if there's ever a year for the Sixers to have three all-stars, this is probably the year. And I think Tobias Harris has never made a better case for himself than he has this year. I think he's absolutely an all-star, and I have no problem saying that on this lovely program with the two of you. Well, the point of being at the top of a conference when voting starts and, of course, voting going on and you remaining at the top of the conference is definitely key. And Joel Embiid is 100 percent. He's correct on on that front. We've seen that over the years. Um, I think he's I thought he was there last year up until right around January. 
And it was very tough in the East for him to crack some of the other ones, Milwaukee being in front. And to your point, uh, the two guys making it from there and then the others around the conference as well doing so so well. And he did not get a shot. I'm not there yet because I still believe that um, there are going to be, because of the politics of it, of what it is. And yes, Simmons and Embiid may get in and Simmons still needs to, I believe, elevate his play in order to do that. And he had a slow start last season as well, and he still uh, made it into the game. But uh, I still want to see a little bit more from Tobias Harris before I, I, I put that stamp of approval as a, as a yes. But he is definitely in the conversation for an all-star spot conversation with some of the others in the Eastern Conference, for sure. It's funny how we could look at this topic is Tobias Harris one of the 12 best players in the Eastern Conference at this stage of the season? You could make that argument that he's put up some numbers that he could be top 12. Now, is that enough to get him the votes that he needs, whether it's from the media, from the fans, for the players? That remains to be determined. I do think that because he's been close the past couple of years and he's playing so well, the forces will be at work for him to find his way onto a team, whether that's because some guys who might be perennial picks maybe didn't play enough games due to everything happening with health right. and safety protocols um, or whatever else. I just feel like it is in the karmatic forces of things for Tobias Harris to find his way onto a roster. And then we'll just have to see whether or not they actually play the darn game, <laughs> depending on what you read in the newspapers these days. And to your point, when it comes to the voting and all, he is, Lauren, and I, I know how you feel about Tobias Harris in this case as well. He's always available. When he missed the games earlier this season, hey, it was just because they had to make sure they did, did their part of following the league's health and safety protocols for him to miss the games. Other than that, he's available. So that will definitely be in his favor if it is a numbers crunch with other players around the league who maybe missed a little bit more. I hear you. He's just so consistent. I do think this would be the year. Something that's interesting, though, when we talk about all-star voting, and this gets into like a whole separate type of conversation that we don't have to dive all the way into, but when you look at a Joel Embiid or a Ben Simmons, these guys are international celebrities, and anybody can vote on who becomes an all-star. Tobias doesn't have as big of a following as those two guys do. So my message to the folks that are listening, if you agree with me and you do think Tobias should be an all-star, I do think votes do go a long way. And you should vocalize the way that you feel because Ben and Joel will have more of a built-in audience and you need to make sure you vote for them too. But it is interesting to see the way that things shake out, the way that a Trey Young can become an all-star starter, maybe not necessarily because he's actually of the same caliber as the other all-stars that start around him, but he has a massive following and you can't underestimate the way that this all shakes out. And I wish it was about just the top 12 players in the East, but it's positional. It's based on following. There's so many little things that go into an all-star selection that, again, longer conversation for another time, but I think is worth considering and worth mentioning. What's the hashtag? Don't they have a hashtag out there? Is it like hashtag what? Hashtag NBA all-star and you tag hashtag or full name the player that you're trying to vote for. There One player per tweet along with the hashtag NBA all-star. Or you can do it on the NBA's website. See? helped out the people. I personally am glad that the NBA has gone back to this form of digital voting. It's been a few years, last couple of years, this is with all due respect to the partners that the NBA worked with on these various campaigns, but you had to go to third-party websites the past couple of years, enter in a name and a search tag or whatever, Twitter campaign with a hashtag name 
or the tagging of the player himself, plus hashtag NBA All-Star, to me, the most direct way and easiest way to get into the voting. We'll wrap up our Friday deep dive on Tobias Harris in just a moment, but i got to give you this one final reminder about the 76ers Buy Black program. If you haven't heard about it, we launched it the morning of Martin Luther King Day, and it was developed to promote and support local black-owned businesses. Now, here's the thing. The application period is running out. It's going to be done February 2nd. And so here's the deal about the program. Each business selected through the application process will become an official 76ers partner for the remainder of the 2020-2021 season. How great is that? And you get promotional assets across team marketing channels and all that good stuff. If you're interested or you know of someone who might be, visit Sixers.com slash buyblack for more information. And once again, the application period ends on February 2nd. That's this coming Tuesday. You know, guys, one thing that stood out to me watching the national TV ESPN broadcast on Wednesday was there was one point in the first half when Tobias Harris was at the free throw line and Mike Breen was retelling the story of a conversation that he and Doris Burke had with Tobias. And we all know how last season ended for the 76ers and specifically for Tobias, that scary moment on the floor after a hard fall against the Celtics not producing the way he would have wanted to in that playoff series. And Breen was talking about how much to heart Tobias Harris took that experience. Harris is another one after last season. He had a terrific regular season, but really struggled in the playoffs. And he said, you know what, I went back and looked in the mirror. I was disappointed in myself, disappointed the way the team finished. How can I do better? He said part of it is he just... Concentrate wanting to be more efficient. He's been such an efficient scorer so far this season. So then fast forward to later in the game. I'm not sure if you remember this play. I think it was towards the end of the third quarter when Tobias got a bucket to give the 76ers some needed insurance. He turned back down the floor and had this cold-hearted killer look in his eyes. And I loved it. And I thought that is the Tobias Harris I want to see more of. I agree. I like the attitude. We, we say it all the time. A confident Joel is a dangerous Joel. A confident Ben is a dangerous Ben. A confident Tobias is a very dangerous Tobias. And I agree with you, Seltz. We saw that last night. He's not a big celebrator on the court, but when he gives you those glimpses into his emotions and how he's feeling like he did last night, you can kind of tell that this is a Tobias that's feeling himself, that knows he's capable of these big numbers, of these big moments. And he backed it up. I agree. He looks really confident and he seems very secure in what his role is with this team under this coach as the team continues to move forward. And what I wanted to see was do it against the teams that we were talking about, that barometer that you mentioned. And uh, not only as a team overall, but individuals like Tobias Harris. And that was a good barometer against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and that Lakers team last night. So yeah, to see him so stoic, most obviously on the floor um, for him to show some sort of some sort of emotion pardon me out there uh, it was good to see that because that was a big win that that had to feel good for the, those guys and as you asked the question earlier yourself it had to feel good for the individual and uh, it was funny watching them celebrate after the game winner it was almost as if they didn't know what to do they were just <laughs> pushing and shoving and not really knowing how to react to it 
Yes. Because normally, right, <laughs> we see it and the fans are around. So you can engage with the fans and high five after a game winner. And you spill into the crowd a little bit. But, hey, it, it was great to see it. But they didn't know what they wanted to do. <laughs> It's so funny you mentioned that, D, because that was one of the things that stood out to me as well. And I think that perhaps you can interpret it like, yeah, what do we do? There's no fans in the stands. And I'm going to go to this point. It could also be, hey, guys, we're actually, like, we're really having fun doing this now. Yeah. How does this whole, like, genuine celebration thing work? <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if that's exactly too deep right. of a level to take it, but that was one thing I thought of. Plus, I think you were there, and it had to feel different, right? It did, and to be honest, when Anthony Davis made that shot that we that we talked about earlier, you felt the air sort of leave the building. The the energy really shifted all night. It was like, wow, the Sixers are going to pull this off. And then as soon as Anthony Davis made that shot, everyone sort of held their breath, right? So then once Tobias made his shot, I think there was just like collective relief, a little bit of surprise when you saw the, the run that the Lakers were making. It would have been understandable yeah. for that shot to have not gone in. So I think part of that like surprise or, or caught off guard celebration that you guys saw was because the energy had shifted a little bit. And so it was cool to see them have that collective sigh of relief and release and joy together. But what I will add, Sixers fans would have ate that up last night. I really did miss 100%. having fans in the building because there were more than a few moments throughout where the fans would have been electric. There's the off-court stuff. There's the little moments between plays that fans latch onto. I can only imagine what they would have been cheering during free throws. Like there were a lot of moments. There was a frosty freeze out times two. They would have been so right. excited. So that was a moment where right. I really wish the fans could have been there, but it was also cool to see the way that the team rallied and created their own celebration together. That game called for fans in a building. Yes. It really did. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, let's end it on this. Lauren, I will start with you. Devon, you can weigh in after. If Tobias Harris continues to keep up this level of play, generally speaking, that means what for the 76ers whenever it is that the season ends? That means the Sixers can accomplish their goals. And I think we talked about the playoffs and the series against the Celtics, and especially the way that that series ended for Tobias. You can't forget what he went through in that final game. If he can bring the game that he's brought to this regular season to the postseason, it will be phenomenal for this team. They have high goals, and he's going to be a huge part of helping this team reach them. I really do feel that if he can be as consistent as he's been with all the other pieces working the way that they have worked, he can be an absolute key for this team, and he proved it last night when he took the biggest shot of the season so far with confidence and made it. I believe that if he keeps this play up, number one, they will have multiple All-Stars again. Uh, like they have over the last couple of seasons. Tobias will be in that mix. I believe at the end of the season, they will be a top three seat. And in the postseason, we will walk into that knowing that if he is playing still at this level, that he is the clear-cut number two option behind Joel Embiid, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he could very well be the other option to close things out in a close game having seen it being done already this week against the Lakers and maybe quite possibly along the way with the amount of games that are still remaining on the schedule. That's, that's what I see uh, from this team. It's not really stamping where they will be in terms of second round Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, but more of what they feel collectively together uh, and their roles, what will they be at the end of the season? Well put. 
deep dive done guys thank you very much always fun thank you and to hear more about and from tobias harris himself in the moments after knocking down that game-winning shot against the lakers be sure to check out the latest episode of tom's talks which came out on thursday it features t max walk-off game-winning interview with harris from wednesday's victory and also a chat between tom and 76ers backup big man tony bradley jr who I thought played really well in the absence of Joel Embiid at Detroit on Monday. Coming up this Monday, the latest episode of Mailbag Monday. Cannot wait to play back some of the calls we got after Wednesday's game. If you want to join in the conversation on Mailbag Monday, you can either hit up me or Lauren on Twitter, at Brian Seltzer, at Lauren M. Rosen, or leave us a voicemail. That is what we prefer. We'd love to hear from you. On the 76ers Podcast Network Podline, the number is 215-403-7637, 215-403-PODS. Put in your phone, save it, give us a shout whenever you've got a 76ers question, thought, comment, or take. I'm Brian Seltzer. Thanks for checking out the Friday Deep Dive. Talk to you next time. See ya. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.